0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest and maybe greatest episode of my You Should Run podcast. Uh, If you know me, I'm Tony Heil, council member in Bridgeport, PA, and Bridgeport is one of thousands of places across the world where my guest tours around the world every year. Um, I have had guests at all levels of government, like like I always say, from school board and city borough council, uh, prothonotary, all the way up to U.S. Senate, but the position I'm talking to today Maybe the most important, yet he is running for the open seat in Alaska today for Congress, and it's an important seat. Um, Unfortunately, sadly, Congressman Don Young passed away recently, suddenly, and he has actually, even though he's a Republican and I'm a Democrat, um, did a lot of good for the state of Alaska and was a champion for Alaska, have nothing but good things to say about that work as a member of Congress. Um, uh, but there is an open seat there. It's a very interesting situation. My guest today is running for Congress. His name is Santa Claus. Santa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So tell me about, um, where are you? Cause you're, people expect you to be way up on the North pole and you are close. Where, where are I, you in Alaska? I'm in
1: North pole, Alaska. Mm-hmm. It's uh, sort of dead center in the state. It's near Fairbanks. And a uh, beautiful area, you know, kind of flat, but very nice. People are great. We've got about 2,200 uh, people in our little community here. And as you, I'm counseling and um, serving the, the public the best I can.
0: Now, you, um, I, I talked with a couple of people from Alaska so far. Representative Jesse Keel, Representative Andy Josephson, learned a lot about how Alaska is unique. Is North Pole Alaska sim- very common in Alaska, like, It seems like there's a lot of small towns that are kind of disconnected. Is that accurate? Uh, We're a little bit disconnected,
1: but we're in the Fairbanks borough. We have boroughs up here instead of counties, make a long Mm -hmm. story short. Um, We, uh, I don't know, I'm sort of on public transportation. I haven't had a car for almost a decade now. And we're about a 15 mile uh, bus ride uh, from North Pole over to Fairbanks. So for me, you know, it's kind of convenient. We're still kind of like a bedroom community, but we're also near Isles Air Force Base, um, which has a big presence here. As you know, Alaska has a huge defense presence just because mm-hmm. of our proximity to, uh, to Russia. And even though I can't see Russia from my front porch, um, I'm well aware of its, uh, proximity that we have, depending on who you ask, between seven and nine military bases here. And, uh, a huge defense array, and we're also collaborating a lot of with a lot of uh, other Arctic uh, nations as well. So it's kind of a unique position now that the uh, subject of the you know the prospect of a war, mm-hmm. a nuclear war, is raising its head. Its head. It reminds me when I was a, a child. I'm 74, so when I was a kid, there was that nuclear threat that we were experiencing back then, and we would go to school, we'd have to hide under our desks and, you know, just practice little drills like that. We had extra food and water in our basement. Little precautions like that. But with children, you know, it's kind of traumatizing, and we see it today with uh, children with their active shooter drills or now the specter of war again um, and other issues they're facing, whether it's, you know, education or home life or medical stuff or what have you. And it kind of breaks my heart because you fear, you know, more – more than sixty years have gone by since you know it was affecting me. Those issues, you know, the civil rights issues, back um, community policing—you know—all those things have uh, popped back into to focus.
0: Yeah. I, now my sons are seven. I no, they're eight and six. They just recently had birthdays, so they're in second grade and kindergarten. They said that they just had a—they I don't know if they called it an active shooter drill or not—but they just had that and. <laughs> You know, to me, it's you know I'm glad they're safe. It's a small borough where we are, but it is something that we didn't do when I was a kid that I recall. We had fire drills, but it's just an odd thing for a little kid to have to wrap their head around.
1: Did you know that uh, 2001 in the United States that uh, guns um, killed more children than any other cause of death?
0: Mm. Well, and. Especially, like, I'm afraid to have a gun in the house. I don't like guns to begin with, but my biggest fear of having a gun in the house is, you know, because I have little kids, they could easily... I'm not always the most careful person with my Nintendo, much less a gun. So, um, I'm sure that that's something that you have come across. Now, I'm going to get into some other questions, but you, in your role as Santa Claus, in all seriousness, you said that you have focused a lot on children's issues, right? Yes how did that come about? Have you, so wait, wait, let's step back a minute. Um, You, you didn't, you didn't grow up and you didn't come out and you were like walking around like, Hey, Santa Claus is here. Um, When did you start um, to become who you are?
1: Well, I've been doing a lot of child advocacy. And when I moved from the East coast over to uh, Lake Tahoe, beautiful area up in the mountains on the Nevada side, Um, I was still doing child advocacy, and I grew my beard out. As you can tell, it came out kind of nice and white and fluffy, and a lot of people said, oh, you ought to do the the Santa thing. Mm -hmm. That was the fall of uh, 2004, and I figured, well, I'll give it a try. So I volunteered for a lot of nonprofit organizations out in the state of Nevada, and it was pretty well received, so being a monk in real life, um, I tend to pray a lot, and it was a cold winter day in February, and I was walking way up in the mountains in the snow, uh, going to the post office, and I was praying, you know, what should I do with this gift, with this appearance, you know, you know, whatever. So uh, right after my prayer, maybe 20 seconds went by, and this white nondescript car came up the road towards me, and its windows were open, so I kind of paid attention a little bit, but I couldn't see who was inside. And right after the prayer, in February, this male voice shouted out, Santa, I love you, <laughs> and it's uh, a pretty fast, quick answer to prayer, as mm-hmm. far as I was concerned. So, the next day, I called up the county clerk and uh, started the process to change the name. And the funny part was the judge who got my particular petition um, had been just, just been appointed by the governor, and he wasn't too sure, you know, if he wanted to yeah, how he should, you know, take this unusual case that was before him. So he called up the governor and said, "Hey, you know, what's the deal? This guy wants to change his name. What should I do?" The governor said, "Oh yeah, that's guy. You know, he went around from the state a couple times, and you know, he was pretty well received. So yeah, go ahead." So a few days later, the county clerk called up and said, "Hey, Santa, come on down. You're good to go. Look up your paperwork." And the funny part was, after changing passport and Social Security, and, you know, all that stuff, it was my first uh, trip. Uh, going through TSA, which mm-hmm. <laughs> is a story in itself. But the uh, child advocacy thing, w- instead of calling up people, which I did for a while, for a few years, as Santa Claus from Lake Tahoe and still getting good reception at the state and federal level, um, I figured, well, you know, maybe I can even make this a more powerful tool and have it be Santa Claus from uh, North Pole, Alaska. So I looked into it and Done up to North Pole. So that's how the whole progression with the Santa Claus stuff in North Pole kind of occurred, uh, but keeping that same thread going through it for the uh, heart for uh, child health, safety, and welfare.
0: Now that is very much committing to the story. Um, obviously, you it didn't just happen overnight where one day you looked like, um, I don't know, like this, uh, you didn't look like Jim Carrey one day, and the next day you were Santa Claus. But you know, what, what was that transition like to, to really becoming that, like, um, did it change your perspective on things? Because, you know, as Santa kids will tell you things, you hear all the times about, yeah, about, um, mall Santas talking about things. Um, how has being Santa Claus, uh, change your perspective or enhance your perspective about the issues that families are facing?
1: Well, you had mentioned Wall Sanders, and uh, I have a lot of beloved helpers all mm-hmm. over the place. And even though we might disagree politically about stuff, that's just the way it goes. So, when I don't do the mall stuff, I spend more time. I spend more time with uh, adults than I do with children, uh, mostly legislators. Um, so when. Uh, when children approach me, it's usually if I'm walking you know, out on the street here or if I'm at the supermarket and they might be with their parents or guardians or at the post office, let's say, or uh, you know, a meeting here or there, um, a child will come up and say, oh, Santa, you know, I need this, or would you give me that? Or whatever. And I try and steer the um, conversation to what I believe, which is the greatest gift one can give or receive, is love. Not mm-hmm. so much the presence part. In many places, I believe the uh, whole Christmas celebration has become a crass, commercial, secular spectacle, which I'm not too in favor of. And when I was going on that tour, a lot of people would approach me, adults and children. And sometimes I was able to help, you know, in little ways. And some of them were funny things, and some of them were very sad. Sometimes I had to refer the child to uh, child protective services mm-hmm. just because of what they were telling me, but I tried to make it as um, smooth a transition, you know, as possible when those folks would show up to uh, help them. Uh, so it, it ran the whole gamut. And usually if I'm talking with uh, children, a lot of times they'll express a lot of anxiety about stuff, their home situation or school or other issues that are you know affecting them. And I try and find a little bit of common ground, particularly if their views are generally you know, a little bit different from mine, either because of their upbringing or mm-hmm. parents or whatever. So I try and do the same with legislators, try and find some common ground. I went on a 50-state tour called Santa's Blessed Children Tour back around 2007, I think. And it got to every single state. Uh, talked to uh, mostly governors, and their staffs, and U.S. senators. And also did the same thing at our nation's capital. I was born in Washington D.C., so I felt pretty comfortable there. And universally, um, I heard from the staffs, particularly that they'd say, "Oh, my boss sees twenty or thirty people a day to talk about whatever, whether it's lobbyists or you know, who knows what." The one person they remember is their visit from Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So it sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's a, power, a very powerful tool, and I try and use it to you know to benefit um, children directly or indirectly. So and it's kind of a different take on things. So when children do I approach me, I try and put it all in perspective and not be the you know strict Who's Santa Claus you know kind of things. A lot of children are scared about that. That's why I usually don't do the ho ho ho. Mm-hmm. That's very it's. Like walking up to somebody in the street and say, Hey, (laughs) you're going to go, What? (laughs) And kids, you know, that ho 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 thing, just like, Ooh, uh there's this big guy they don't know, Beard, who's yelling at him already. So I try and make it a little bit different experience when I uh, encounter children who have questions or just want to say hi.
0: Now, you said, like you said, you have talked to more adults than children. You've been doing a lot of advocacy. And the question I always ask all of my guests is, when did you go from being someone who would be an active voter, or maybe sign a petition for someone, to take the next step to be more politically active, whether it is, like you said, um, visiting legislators or whatever? When did you take the next step in political action?
1: Um, When I was a student. Mm -hmm. I noticed a lot of people weren't so well off, and I was fortunate enough to go to boarding school, grew up in a great family, had wonderful Christmases and all that, and my heart started to go out a little bit then, and when I was appointed Special Assistant to the Deputy Police Commissioner of New York City, that gave me an entirely new perspective on things. It was kind of baptism by fire. I was only 23, and that was pretty high up in the police department, and I was hired to establish the first So I kept thinking about, you know, these are all these children. They can't, you know, protect themselves. They shouldn't have to protect themselves. So um, that's sort of how all that kind of shift happened for me. And then subsequently was a member of FEMA's National Defense Executive Reserve while I was director of the Terrorism Research and Communications Center, which is a volunteer um, organization. So but the same issues would pop up you know, these things that are affecting children and causing them to lose hope, you know, lose kind of faith in, you know, what's going to happen to mm-hmm. them, you know, why are people so violent, why are they arguing all the time, why Why isn't there any money, why is, you know, how come I'm getting bullied in school, mm-hmm. all, these, all these issues, whether they, and this is for children even before they start to get into issues like LGBT plus and, you know, all of that, um, or minorities and you know, all these other things um, that I started dealing with when I started with the police department. So, you know, I, I listen to people like Greta Thunberg mm-hmm. talking about climate change. And she's just a little bit older than these children. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you can tell the impact it's had on her. And she's reasonably well spoken, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And a lot of children aren't and they can't express themselves properly for one reason or another. And I think they appreciate having, whether it's me or somebody else advocating for them, they know at their heart that we're trying to do something to make things better for them. Now you know, even people they can't see are doing this.
0: Yeah. You've, you've been doing this, some kind of work on that advocacy, like you said, for 50 years now, really. Um, and the world's changed. Some things have changed. Some things have not. Have you seen what have you seen in that time to start with that you've seen as an improvement, whether it's been in terms of actual policy or like how we talk about some of those issues and, and make them a priority? Because some things are a priority today that, you know, 20 years ago were not talked about, much less 50 years ago.
1: Well, I think a big change occurred. Um which were the beneficiaries of when uh, Bernie Sanders came on the scene and he's been on for a long time, but more recently when well, he's been really, really vocal in when he was running for president mm-hmm. with a lot of issues, whether it was Medicare for all or you know, social security stuff or, you know, unions, blah, blah, blah. That kind of changed, I think, because up until that time the media wasn't paying too much attention to the third party candidates or independents or people that had democratic socialist views, for mm-hmm. instance, I'm one of the uh, independent, progressive, democratic socialists. It's a mouthful, but I think most people know pretty much what that means. They can figure it out mm-hmm. the way I talk. Um, so when Bernie made his mark, um, that, I think, gave more people hope that things could actually change here in our country. Uh, you know, I think it gave a lot of younger people um, hope and uh, an interest in running for office that there hadn't been quite as much uh, before. So I think that's a shift that I actually heard, and I think you can kind of pin it down to when uh, Bernie was making his mark, and still is.
0: Now, you know, all those Santa movies, as you're talking, reminds me that so many movies about Santa Claus, not just new ones, um, but the classics, will talk about um, the world becoming more cynical, the kids not believing anymore, not just believing in... Santa Claus are just you know not kids, adults losing their belief. Do you think that we're too cynical or do you still have some hope that maybe we can be looking out for each other and not always just looking out for the next dollar?
1: Well, speaking of the movie stuff, I like Miracle on 34th Street and the original one mm-hmm. and wonderful life and movies like that because they do exactly what you were just talking about. They'll lift people's spirits and um, say, oh, yeah, here's a, here's a way to do things better. So I'm all for finding common ground. The fellow Don Young, who passed away, um, congressman up here who'd been in office for 49 years, which is a pretty long time. Um, he and I had disparate political views on some things. We agreed on some things and disagreed on a lot. But we always managed to find uh, common ground. There's a famous picture of the two of us um, shaking hands and laughing because he visited uh, North Pole City Council while he was a congressman, and we were kind of struggling to find a little bit of common ground to carry on a congenial conversation. And one thing that popped up was uh, my support of his work on the Congressional Cannabis Caucus. Because mm-hmm. I've been a medical marijuana advocate for a long time. I was diagnosed with cancer about more than a decade ago, and it's helped me keep uh, cancer bay edibles in my case but um, so I, there's always some common ground and if they're if it's really really tiny and the two people are doing this not so helpful so I think that's what kind of depresses people seeing a lot of that stuff because uh, one person might say oh here we're trying to do this we're trying to do that you know give us a hand and then the other people might come in and say, that's ridiculous. You people are just unbelievably stupid. We're not going to do that. You know, Here's why it's bad. So instead of both ends of the spectrum trying to work together to improve things, there's been this increasingly contentious relationship. I really a lot of relationship, but this contention um, going on that's not productive at all. And in my view, and kids are watching.
0: Yeah. Kids are watching. And now they're watching you run for Congress. People who don't know you and that you are involved in North Pole city council, you have a lot of experience. It's not just that you're Santa Claus. Um, Why now? I know that why now is that there's an open seat, but why Santa Claus for Congress? Why, you know, there's other people who are in the legislature. There are like 40 people running for office and and for this right seat in uh, Alaska why do you think this is a, the opportunity that you should take? I think it's
1: important that I do this now, uh, partly because of my age, I'm 74, mm-hmm. and I'll be 75 in May, so um, I, I'm undertaking it because I think the, the time is right with my particular experience and the uh, issues we're facing right now, whether it has to do with the um, law enforcement aspect of things or the defense aspect of things or education. I've taught it uh, for five different colleges or universities. I had a pretty unique set of uh, qualifications. And I think that just because of the array that's going to be on the table for this next upcoming, you know, little special election period, I'd be well suited. I don't I'm not soliciting or accepting any campaign. Um, contributions at all i don't plan to and i'm not seeking endorsements although i'm happy if they pop up and i'm not doing anything with PACs or any of that stuff If people would like to you know help support the campaign on social media things like that i'm delighted but i'm not going to control direct or coordinate it. so um if the timing is right for me to go in for several months Finish up Don's term, put my nose to the grindstone, not be distracted by having a fundraise or campaign for the two-year term. But if between now and June 11th, our little primary here for the special election, there's an overwhelming palpable support, um,
0: which is hard to measure since I'm not participating in the, you know, the economic
1: part of it, you know, the financial part of it. Um, But if there's this overwhelming support, then I would run, I'd throw my head in probably on the 11th of June for the two-year term, promise not to run more than the one term, take a few people who might be co-candidates, you know, at this point out of the 48 people who are actually running who really expressed an interest who I think, we have quite a few well-qualified candidates Mm -hmm. in this election. So, and with ranked choice voting, it gives pretty much everybody a chance. So I would bring a couple of them. To Washington has paid you know employee staffers and say here learn it learn from the ground up and either throw your hat in again or convince some of your friends to run and having you know had kind of an inside view a teeny bit of experience so I think when one of us has these opportunities we ought to bring everybody up with us it's not just a, you know one person show I don't Consider myself a one-person show. I've got tons of feedback. People who want to volunteer and people who've you know made their little signs and stuff and they look look great um, for the campaign independently. But I think a grassroots thing
0: is very. It's an important statement for me to make for children. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, children, their vote. You know, they'll they'll have a vote, and their vote will actually mean something if we're outside of a established political system, or if we can change it. So. This is my last opportunity I'm looking at to help change the actual system itself.
0: Now, I always think as a father about the impact I'm leaving on my kids, and the podcast is called You Should Run. Would you encourage younger people, maybe not my kids who are six and eight yet, but um, why would you encourage younger people to get involved in political action, whether they are little kids or they're in college? What would be your words of encouragement for the future for these young people looking at making the world better.
1: They have the power and if they do a little bit of homework, they can have the knowledge to improve life for themselves, their future, their children, Mm -hmm. ultimately, if they decide to have some, um, and they can kind of do it independently if they want to. Um, there are plenty of good examples out there. So I would say if the children pay attention to it, pay attention to their civics classes, if we still have civics classes, um, and learn something about how our political system works here in the United States and look into things like ranked choice voting, which we have up here in Alaska now, um, as some alternatives and different campaign finance laws and stuff that might be coming down the pike, I hope, and overturning things like Citizens United and some other stuff Um, they can do all that all they have to do is spend a little time educating themselves about the system um, develop a platform I like Bernie's so I just people ask about my platform so just go visit bernysanders.com forward slash issues Mm -hmm. (laughs) save yourself a lot and be a lot of
0: time Um, so they can build on what we're
1: all doing and as Santa Claus uh, we all have blessings and gifts and some of us are really really well suited and the timing is right once in a while for us to go throw our hat into the ring in the political arena and do our best for everybody not so much as a career i'm more for like one term you know do the best you can make sure that you bring other people along they can pick up where you left off and make it better and do the same thing for the next people so for very young people like your children um, that would be let's say in the House of Representatives; each term is two years. So, if you add on, what, ten or five or six terms, or maybe it's a bit more, um, they could actually start running or thinking about running for a office, local office, and then mm-hmm. work their way up, you know, through the state and stuff. So they have a better appreciation of what states need once they get to the federal level if they're interested in that. So even at that early age, you know, these opportunities, you know, they can create for themselves. And all of us can make it easier for them to do that. So I think there's a bright future ahead. And my heart goes out to the children. I have a blessing that I like to share, if you don't mind. Please do. And this is especially for children. And sometimes it chokes me up to say it because I shouldn't even be asking for it. People should already have this. But may you have a lifetime that's filled with happiness, peace, good health, prosperity, and most of all, love, which is the greatest gift.
0: Well, it is the greatest gift, and you're okay from now on if I can tell my kids, Andrew and AJ, that I'm friends with Santa Claus, right?
1: Thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. It works both ways. (laughs) Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time and and for your career as well. You've got quite the career yourself, so I'm hoping you're getting that out on a variety of podcasts as well.
0: I'm trying to get the word out there. I think like you said, you want to encourage the children. We want to encourage people, the children of any age, whether you're two or 92 and all yeah. points in between, maybe they should run for office. So they want to make the world better. Right.
1: Yeah. And also it's important speaking as a 74 year old at the moment to maintain a sense of humor mm-hmm. throughout your life. Whatever it is, I think most people would agree. And we all make some mistakes. As long as we're trying to do better and not repeat the mistakes, I think we're on a good, a good path. People ask about the naughty and nice list, and I say, well, you're supposed to have a balance in life.
0: Yeah, you you Thank are, you and I it. I think uh, you can you you know from your experience, and I know from mine as a father, you can tell um, how a kid is being intentional, and how you can foster that to to be a good person. And it's more exciting to see the. The goodness. One time, my son, when he was three, he was kind of organizing the kids in the bathroom break and that daycare. Like, That's my son.
1: That's, <laughs> That's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> That's great. That's a good sign. It's a good sign. Makes me feel better. Good. There's a lot of hope out there. And there's a lot of hope because of symbols like Santa Claus, people like Santa Claus. Uh, check him out. Listen about what he's doing in the North Pole and uh, pay attention to the elections going on in Alaska because it's an important state. And you should run for office, too. Thank you so much,
1: one of the, for the old campaign slogan I had was restoring America's heart and soul. And I think that goes a long ways towards what we were just discussing before. So thank you so much, Tony. I appreciate it. Many blessings to you and your family,
0: many blessings to you and your family, Mrs. and the elves and everyone else and the reindeer as well. So thank you. And again, if you're listening, I encourage you to run for office wherever you are and listen to past episodes, subscribe, share, and follow Santa Claus for Alaska. Thank you. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane, fixin' and blixin and all his reindeers pulling on the rains. Bells are ringing,
1: children singing, all is merry and bright. So hang your stockings and say
0: your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus right down Santa Claus Lane. He's got a bag that's filled with toys for boys and girls again. Hear those sleigh bells jingle, jangle, oh, what a beautiful sight! so jump in bed and cover your head cause Santa Claus comes tonight